I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And thank God today I'm not Theo. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> perfect opening. Uh, and unfortunately for me, I am not Juliet because one of us might be COVID positive and, and it's not me. The other one isn't. Yeah, one of, one us. of us who has been traveling and seeing all kinds of people and going out to eat and, and licking door <laughs> licking the sidewalk. positive. <laughs> and the other one who has stayed at home except for a visit to the pharmacy, which is probably going to make her positive for COVID, is currently not positive, although I haven't taken a test. So who's to say? Oh, well, see, there that's the problem, right? We should yeah, have all listened to Donald test. Trump and not tested anybody because <laughs> then nobody would be positive. And that's right. In this moment, I am going to say that logic has never sounded more sane to me. Um, yeah. Because, you know, being positive suddenly comes with its whole being maybe potentially positive. I'll I'll go to a Walgreens and, and get um, another test. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but with all due diligence, um, I will be leaving the house after the po- podcast comes first. And then, of course, yeah, you know, everybody Priorities. else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. Uh, um, so that's pretty we'll much see. what's shaking bacon. I have, have you. Um, how how was your Christmas though? What what a shame that like the big lead is this stupid stupid um, coronavirus um, because Christmas was wonderful. James' cousin came from Scotland and and spent um, the week with us. She's still here. Um, we had a lovely time. We flew out to Palm Springs. My mind was blown by the fact that we could get on a plane and three hours later yeah. be somewhere else. Because yeah. for the last two years, I've only driven out here, and it takes 18 right. to 22 hours. And so, um, Yikes. yeah, it took me like a full two days to really get over, wow, airplanes, <laughs> we're that's crazy. Here. So what were you doing two days ago? Because it usually takes about two days to get COVID. Were you, you weren't on the plane, were you, or were you? No, no, we, uh, I wasn't on a plane. We got in, ooh, I don't even know what today is. It's Sunday. So it's the second. The oh, the second. Okay, so we got in on the thirtieth. So what's okay. that like? Fifteen days, and then yeah, yeah, like math is so <laughs> so hard. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'd say like two days ago, um, we weren't really doing anything. We we're just kind of hang. It could have been on the plane. It could have it been in a been. store. It could yeah. have been. It could be a false positive. Right. right. It could be anything. So due diligence, uh, fully vaxxed, boosted, um, wearing a mask. Uh, but I was hugging friends. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So if Walgreens, I don't know why it's all Walgreens. It could be CVS. It could go to a grocery. Wherever they're doing tests, it doesn't have to be Walgreens. That's the closest uh-huh. place to me. If they say positive, then then come the series of phone calls 
where I don't know if oh, you've wow. ever had gonorrhea or syphilis or herpes no. or I'll keep I'll name every STD until you say, <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. It's just a blanket no. <laughs> I forgot about that one. I've never well, had to make any of those calls. Same and same. This is this will be my first walk of shame. <laughs> Call of shame. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we'll have to. I mean, the the good news is I know the five people that we had dinner with. I can call the restaurant, tell them. But you know, I mean, yeah. What's the, the restaurant, restaurant going to sure, do? Yeah, yeah. They they probably know. They've probably had many people get COVID at their place. So, what are they going to do? Shut down? I doubt it. Right. Well, I mean, they can't. Maybe they can call everybody that was there. Right. Oh, maybe but they could. At the same time, it's like this bug is so easily infectious. spreadable. It's so yeah, yeah, it's so infectious that. Um, well, case in I'll point. I'll probably get it from going to the pharmacy yesterday. And, I'm going to get it from this podcast. It's going to jump through the computer screen. Then I'll be embarrassed for giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Deservedly right. so, though. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, I uh, spent Christmas at Joshua Tree, which was fantastic, but which I'll also talk about in our Who's Sorry Now segment at the end of this Ooh. episode. Um and I was given for Christmas a really cool on-air light uh, for use in podcasting from my husband, our producer and audio engineer. And he also gave me some Tom Ford lipstick, which I've been wanting. I think I mentioned that earlier in an earlier episode. Oh, it's and- quite famously well known as the lipstick that had better do all the dick sucking. <laughs> We'll see if it does. And and some Chanel micellar water that I wanted. So, you know, I am just a label whore. Um. But that's pretty much it for my Christmas. It was nice. It was quiet. We did some walking around the Joshua Tree area and, you know, some a little bit of, uh, I don't know if I would call it hiking. It was really more like just wandering around. But it was lovely. The, it rained a couple of days really, really hard, which was nice to see for a change. Um, and then the rest of the time it was really sunny and, and cold, but not freezing, freezing cold. So, so it was great. And really enjoyed being away from the house for a few days. Oh, and the place you were in looked incredible. It was beautiful. It was really nice. Um, I will talk about it more, like I said, at the end of the episode. But, oh, um, I can't we wait. We really had a good time. So. Well, let's get, let's get to the end of the episode real quick right. so that way I can find out about <laughs> Oh, man. So today we're talking about um, freeways, basically, and racism and people pushing people out of their homes for freeways and racism. Um, and what? Who would have ever thought that freeways would enter into racism? Like it, in my whole life, I've never, never connected those two things. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, never freeways are just like there and racism, right. but there too. But like, yeah, yeah. It, it just to think that, that some freeways are the 10 is where it is because yeah, of because who was living. Yes, because of racism. Yeah, yeah, I had never thought about the 10 in any in any historical way either. I just just assumed, right, just assumed that there was and there had not not been anything there before. On the 8th day um, God created the 10. The 10. <laughs> exactly. Um so one uh, so I, I guess we'll start with the, the West Adams Heights neighborhood, which is in um, central Los Angeles. And if you're familiar with Los Angeles, which I'm not exactly, I'm told it's west of downtown L.A. and south of Koreatown. So, sure, 
that makes sense, I guess. Um, it was the site of large, beautiful, and, and varied homes built in the early 20th century, just before the start of Hollywood. Um, it was built by oil barons and bankers. So what do you call them? The industrial elite? Oh, yeah. Industrial The people. oligarchs. But the is oligarchs. It, yeah, yeah. The oil barons, sure. The oil barons. And as, uh, as the film industry took off, the population became full of actors and other Hollywood elite. Just a few years later, though, the combination of the Great Depression in the 20s and the development of Beverly Hills led to people leaving West Adams Heights, uh, with many residents selling their homes for whatever they could get. So um, these circumstances also meant that the restrictive covenant, which forbade white residents to sell or rent to African Americans, were often ignored. So black families then were able to move into West Adams Heights, um, some of them actors and film people, one of them Hattie McDaniel, who of course was in Gone with the Wind. Um, and West Adam Heights then got the name Sugar Hill uh, after a Harlem neighborhood of the same name. So by the mid-40s, uh, white folks had had enough and sued to have the black families evicted. Uh, Lauren Miller, the NWACP attorney... <laughs> NWACP attorney representing black residents of Sugar Hill argued that racially restrictive covenants were a violation of the 14th Amendment. The judge agreed, hooray, and in a historic legal victory, became the first judge in American history to find racially restrictive covenants unconstitutional based on the 14th Amendment. Um, by the time Shelley versus Kramer, a landmark case regarding racially restrictive covenants, went to the Supreme Court in 1948, and such covenants were found completely unconstitutional, people from Sugar Hill had begun moving into the newer Baldwin Hills. And I think this is interesting. I might have mentioned on a previous podcast that when I lived out in the sunset in San Francisco, um, there were still restrictive covenants, racially restrictive covenants on the on the paperwork for our um, our title. Uh, they were, of course, not not enforceable because they were unconstitutional, but they were still there in the paperwork. And in the sunset, they were against Asian people. So uh, there was a time when you could not um, sell your home in the sunset, which is out by the ocean, to to Asian people, which I find surprising in more ways than one. But, well, um, and what's even more surprising Asian people. is that that language is still in the legal documents, although it's unconstitutional. Exactly. I don't know why they didn't take them out. I guess maybe it's more trouble than it's worth to remove it from the documentation. I mean, it's Microsoft Word, everybody. It's really just not that hard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, thank God. Um so, yeah, so people from Sugar Hill moved into Baldwin Hills, and this period of decline, according to Helen Harmon in Medium.com, made the neighborhood vulnerable to local planning interests. And sure enough, the Santa Monica Freeway was built through the middle of Sugar Hill and also the Pico neighborhood in Santa Monica, forcing the city's pockets of black, Mexican, and Japanese residents to leave in the early 1960s. Around 600 predominantly black families lost their homes in the Sugar Hill neighborhood alone. This decision was justified because property values were lower in these neighborhoods, a fact fueled by government-backed mortgage redlining policies that discouraged investment in areas with large, poor, or non-white populations. There was little to no compensation for those who lost their homes. It's just sad. Can you imagine the government coming to you and saying, get out of your house, we're going to build a freeway here, and we're not going to give you anything for it? Well, and um, I know that eminent domain is a thing that happens They've been talking about that a lot um, in Texas along the border. Uh, Donald Trump was going to come in and just take up all the land and force everybody, all the ranchers, to just move away. Goodbye. Uh -huh. We'll give you, you know, what your home is worth, but not what you'd get on the open market for it. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I can't imagine that. 
it would be horrifying. It would be horrifying and it would be very hard to recover from because most people's um, money is in their home. And if you right. don't have that money, how are you going to buy another home? If you don't have the, the investment, the equity that you put into your own home, how are you going to get another? You're probably not going to be able to. You have to rent and you lose that, that wealth. Or, right. Or if you like that home and you don't want to sell it, and it's not about the money, but it's about the community, right? Right. And then you give the home to your children when you pass on. And they, you know, homes get, I was going to say turned over. It's probably not the real phrase to use, but they get passed on um, from family member to family member. And yes. it's a great way to, um, well, it's a great way. That sounds sounds so white right now. Real estate's a marvelous investment, and we should all have it. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, real estate. It is. Yeah, it's important. It's important to families and communities. Um, so urban planning as a whole has been historically racist and damaging to communities of color. And this, uh, what we've been talking about, is, is just one example. So Central Park is another example. It was built on one of the most stable, integrated neighborhoods in New York City. And in downtown Syracuse, the 15th Ward, which was a poor black neighborhood, was split in two by a highway in the 1950s. St. Louis bought out middle-class fam- black families in Kinloch in the 1980s so Lambert Airport could expand. And Robert Moses, the notoriously racist and generally destructive urban planner from New York, divided and destroyed neighborhoods like the Bronx in the name of highway construction. Back to L.A., in the 50s and 60s, freeways, including the 135-acre East Los Angeles Interchange, which is one of the busiest in the country, where Interstates 5, 10, U.S. 101, and State Route 60 all meet, pushed out at least 10,000 people in Boyle Heights, which was a Mexican and multi-ethnic community. And still a neighborhood that's, uh, that's politically charged and challenged because it's, it's a- still predominantly Mexican. But a lot uh, there's a lot of gentrification happening, and there's a lot of pushback within the community now against gentrification. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. But it, it's, uh, I don't want to say finally, but we'll say that a community of people feels empowered enough to make some noise. That's good. That's something. Um, last Late last month, in, in more good news, it was announced that Santa Monica is now offering some reparations in the shape of affordable housing to those forced out by the freeway construction and the later building of the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, which I think was in the 1950s. So people who were kicked out and children and grandchildren are also eligible. Um, I think what they're doing is they are allowing um, people who are have people who were part of the families who were kicked out to get in line first for affordable housing. It's really giving of the city of Santa Monica, I'm going to say. By the way, if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, I don't think it's giving <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. Oh, we're sorry that your family, where Lost are we at, everything. 50 years ago, was forced to move from Santa Monica to a lot of people uh, um, moved to Boyle Heights, right? Um, uh, but. Oh, gosh, if you want to come back, we'll let you have affordable housing. You could be first in line. Doesn't right. feel like a lot. It doesn't. They don't give you anything. They just let you get in line. They're not giving you any money or, or supporting you in, in, in obtaining affordable housing, except for the fact that you're first in line. So it's kind of sketch. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of nothing. Hi, they could have applied for affordable housing in Santa Monica if they wanted to move to Santa Monica. Well, I heard. So so not only are they letting you just apply for affordable housing, but only 100 families are eligible. Right. And um, there's like 6,000 people waiting 
for on the wait list. Yeah, so and so good luck getting that affordable housing. <laughs> well, hopefully it puts them in the front like they say they're going to, but that, that so that's something. But um, yeah, um, Liam Dillon in the Los Angeles Times notes that the program is part of a nationwide movement to compensate residents for racist harms related to housing and property. In September, California Governor Ga- Gavin Newsom, who I feel distinctly iffy about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of sort of wishy-washy. Um he was an okay mayor of San Francisco and he's kind of an okay governor. Um it, anyway, we won't go into Gavin Newsom, but he signed a law in September that authorized the return of shorefront land known as Bruce's Beach to the descendants of a black couple who were run out of Manhattan Beach early early earlier, nearly a century ago. I guess that's something that's not bad. Um he uh, just, that- I guess, is going to be super interesting. Sorry to jump in right there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, beachfront property in Manhattan Beach, I can't yeah. even imagine what what that's worth. The value, right? Yeah. Um, and now there's something like, uh, don't hold me to this number, but there's it's it's not like oh a backyard on a beach. This was like 85 houses, right? Wow. They owned a considerable chunk of of land, um, and so. I don't know quite what they're doing, but how do you turn ownership of that property over to a private family when it's been yeah. owned by the city for so long, right? Right. Uh, is the private family going to have to pay taxes on the hundreds sure of millions of dollars worth of property, right? Oh, um, shit. Or the people that own the homes, what's that situation? That's right? really interesting. I bought this home 70 years ago. I'm 110. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry that, you know, we the land was taken by the city from your family, but now you're taking that land back from me. Um, uh, that's complicated. But we'll, and they won't. It'll all wash out with money, right? The city will say something Assuming. like, here's here's what we can do for you. It's cash. And it'll be a considerable amount given the, given the property. Complicated. Very complicated. I'm going to throw a wrench in here early. Um, So you are familiar with the state of Oklahoma? I've heard of it. You have? I just learned about it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't pay attention to things. Uh, If I haven't been there, I don't care. Uh, But so the Creek um, Indian tribe has sued the state of Oklahoma for violation of a treaty uh, somewhere in the 1800s, and the Ooh. Supreme Court in July of 2020 said, yeah. hey, yeah, you know what, Creek Nation? You're right. The United States did violate its treaty with you. That treaty yeah. is still standing. So the oh. Creek Nation now owns half of Oklahoma, including Oklahoma really? City. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. Not lying. I mean, that would be awful if I was lying. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, Julia. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And they were going to go to the moon on Wednesday and have a big party about it. <laughs> That's amazing, though. It, well, it is That's amazing, really... but it also gets to this point of, like, what what's going to happen. Sure, some right. of that land is probably state parks or, I don't know, whatever, right? And, and vast stretches with nothing on it. But some of it's Oklahoma City. I bet there's going to be lawsuits. Oh, can you imagine if you bought a home in so many 1950, your grandparents bought a home in 1950, and now it's yours, or right? Or 1920. Or 1920. 1990 right? or 2021. 
Yeah, okay. We're, yeah, I don't know why <laughs> making it so long ago. I guess it's because I feel like time equals emotional connection and then uh-huh. emotions are above money. And so, like, you know, how do you repay me for the sadness you're causing? Right. Um, but, I mean, all that aside, it's it. what do you do as the homeowner who suddenly now, instead of paying federal taxes, is paying um, taxes to the tribe? Yeah. Right. And there's a whole right. weirdness. Um, well, let me rephrase that because weirdness isn't fair. But all over Palm Springs, and sorry, I don't know the tribe name. There are tracts of land in the city that are Indian owned. They're owned by the tribes, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And developers will build houses on these parcels of land and sell them. And what you have is a house that's not technically on American soil. So therefore, huh. you don't pay federal taxes. Really? On federal property taxes or, or property yeah, yeah, state yeah. Ta- state property taxes. You don't pay property taxes. But you are paying something. You're paying something to the Indian tribe. It's just much less. It is wow. much less than you would pay in taxes. Um, however, you don't own the land. Right. And so you get to rent the land. And, and here's where the details start to get sketchy for me. Uh, they do sort of the same thing in Hawaii. It's like you can rent the yeah. land for 99 years. But right. th- there's some sort of a, of a complication when it comes to de- uh, deeding your house to your descendants. Oh, I'm going to uh-huh. die. I'll leave you the house. No, because you don't own the land right. to do that, right? So, right? so it gets into a whole thing that is only complicated because I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Beyond that. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> it's complicated to me, too. <laughs> so maybe it'll yeah. be a situation like that in Oklahoma. Um, oh, wow. And I yeah, will maybe. further say that uh, the dissent, so it was a 5-4 um, opinion, and of course um, our hero liberal justices were all on the side of the Creek Nation, and I think yeah. Gorsuch was the swing vote in that. But I mean, regardless, okay. it was John Roberts' um, dissension, which was most striking. So he basically was saying, well, hey, we're here now. It's 100 yeah. years later. Can't help what our great-great-grandparents did to each other. Um, I mean, that's ridiculous. Also, if we turn the land over to the Creek Nation, yeah, we have to overturn all the convictions, all federal convictions, that have ever yeah. occurred in Oklahoma because yeah. the federal government has no legal jurisdiction over Indian land. Yeah. So therefore, okay. you're going to have to let all these prisoners go free. Let's do it. And then we won't be able to police it. It being Oklahoma City, right, and yeah. or and or the territory, because it's not American soil, and it's like th- your biggest thing is crime. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought taxes for sure, but okay. Yeah, I, really. You have to let all the criminals go free, right? That's, anyway, that's yeah, it's nuts. It, it's it's crazy. He's such a tool. Oh, it's the worst. Ugh, the worst. Um, so Evanston, Illinois, actually became the nation's first city earlier this year to create an explicit reparations program, which provided black residents who faced housing discrimination through much of the 20th century or their descendants money for down payment or home repairs. So if it's money for either one, it must not be that much money. I didn't look into the article that is linked for this um, particular thing. But if it's money for down payment or home repairs, it's probably like $10,000. Yeah, I mean, but, you, you know, know, that's better than nothing. It, it's better than nothing. Does it does it truly right the wrong and get it 
And I feel like with something like this, like we took no, your I land mean, or we forced your family to move. Yeah. There's a way to, there is a way to right that wrong, but you know, you can't knock the freeway down and. Right. You, if you, if you really write the wrong, you create other wrongs. Right. Exactly. So what do you do in that situation? I don't know. Um, it's not for me to decide. Thank God. Oh, I've got uh, this totally covered. Okay, good. It is all resolved. It, sure, affordable housing, great, right? And then how about free access to public, um, not utilities, uh, institutions, right? So okay. you get to go to City College for free. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Get to ride the bus for free, right? Yeah. Um, what other, you, everybody gets to go to the park for free, but you yeah. get to go to the park for free, <laughs> free. twice. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good idea. I like that. We should do that. Um, so the attempts at reparations that are being made are unfortunately um, and reasonably too little too late for some people who don't see a priority for affordable housing as nearly equivalent to the homes owned and the general generational wealth that was lost. So I think we're in agreement on that. Oh, I can't imagine a point where we would be in disagreement. I mean, we'd really have to get into the weeds for to find a place where I'd be like, no, nah, Juliet, I don't think so there. <laughs> yeah. So um, the apology, let's talk about the apology. Well, there really wasn't an apology. I thought when when I saw this article come across my desk, so to speak, uh-huh. um, the first time that it said Santa Monica apologizes for freeway, for, for I-10 freeway. And um, when I went back to look at it, the title was different. So I don't know if it actually said apology or I just imagined it. Maybe it was changed because there was no apology. I saw this same article a little while back, and I also thought there was an apology. And in a way, okay. there there is an apology, right? Yeah. There's an acknowledgement of wrong. Sort of. There's no, I'm sorry, uh, but then we're not dealing with one individual. We're dealing with, uh, an inst- is a city an institution? I mean, of sure, course. maybe, right? Um, so, you know, we're dealing with an institution, and yeah, I think there, there's no apology. There were reparations. Um, I think an apology is necessary, but well, I, I'll say partial reparations. An apology is necessary, but the partial repara- reparations are an important step in making amends to the people that have been replaced. So if we go through our checklist of what makes a good apology, was there an expression of regret? No, there was no expression of anything, really. No. Um, was there an explanation of what went wrong? No, there was no explanation of anything. Uh, was there an acknowledgement of responsibility? Not really. Um, no. I mean, you could say that the act of of uh, of performing the partial reparations is an acknowledgement of responsibility, but there was no explicit acknowledgement of responsibility. So I'm going to say no. Was there a declaration of repentance? You know, no. Uh, was there an offer of repair? Yeah, they're, they kind of half acid. so i'll I'll be generous and say yes um and was there a request for forgiveness and no and i think that's important so um i'm gonna give this apology so to speak well i should give it a zero because it's not an apology at all but i'm gonna give it three points because they're doing something okay they're they're actually making an effort where they had never done so before so i'll give it three points all right, cool. Because um, I'm very much in the one area, Are you? not even yeah. like a one point five. Um, yeah, it's it's nice that they sort of kind of acknowledge the wrong. Yeah. It's nice that they've come up with an idea to help people, right? Return to Santa Monica, um, yeah. but 
How do you, I mean, they wiped out an entire black, well, let me rephrase that. They forcefully relocated an entire black community. Well, they didn't even relocate them. They just forced them to leave. They just made, they just kicked them out. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's kind of like. I think you're probably right. Those businesses. And sure, everybody moved to um, Baldwin Hills, I think. I forget. Um, Well, some people did. They could afford it. It was a fancy neighborhood. Um, there was another area and I'm drawing, oh, uh, South LA, which later famously becomes known as South Central. Uh huh. And so, uh, yeah, you could say that the black community in Santa Monica moved and integrated into, uh, a larger existing black community. So those black, but I don't know, it's just this thing of like, I imagine shopkeepers and, and yeah. florists yeah. and exactly. They get kicked out and they, they, they have to move somewhere with nothing. Right. So I think that this is responsible for a percentage, a significant percentage of poverty in Los Angeles in the in the 30s and later. Uh, it's definitely uh, a, a, a quite a large contributing factor. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is unconscionable, really. So I'm I'm going to go back to giving it a zero. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You've convinced me. All right. Good. I want you closer to my point. Uh, and what's more important <laughs> is that my point is higher than yours, proving yet once again that I am nicer than you. <laughs> More forgiving, as the Pope right, likes so to point, say. Point five points for um, for the apology then averaged out between the two of us. So who's sorry now? Um, or apologies expected? Um, I have some stuff. Do you have an, an apology expected or a who's sorry now? I do. I have an apologies expected. Um, okay. And it's kind of not really related to anything involving freeways. Um, but yeah. But it is involving bad reality writing. And so, oh wow, God, once again, why do you do this to me? Juliet, uh, I would like to introduce you to businessman Brad Assman, his uh, real name. Um, oh, my God. He took out an ad in um, a South Dakota newspaper. I don't know if it was Sioux Falls, but we did cover the Sioux Falls dash for cash last week. So weird yeah. that Sioux Falls is back on the radar. Anyway, he published a little ad. It's a photo of him in front of his business with a couple of his coworkers. It's a little sign that says, let's go, Brandon. And he's got the biggest smile on his face. Uh, And I'm just going to say, God, really? His last name is Assman. He pronounces it Osman, right? Osman. (laughs) (laughs) A-U-S-M-A-N. But it is A-S-S-M-A-N. And so, um, change that name. Why do I expect an apology for him? Not for holding the sign and not for his horrible last name, because that's his fault, right? Or for his horrible yeah. opinions, because they're his opinions, so fine, right? They're horrible to me. I'm sure they're, they're wonderful to him. Um, he needs to apologize for lying about what Let's Go Brandon means. Oh. He said, well, some people interpret it as that. Other people uh-huh. don't know what it means, and some uh-huh. people see it as like a really positive thing. It's like oh, you're such an ass, ass man. Such an ass man. So I'm expecting an apology from him for yeah. coloring outside of the lines and lying a little bit about what the fuck does "let go, Brandon" mean? God, I agree. Yes. So 
Um, that's mine. What about you? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, well, I feel a little embarrassed talking about this after we've discussed people losing their homes to racism. But, oh, no. um, Who did you kick out of their home, you racist? You. <laughs> I know. Brent and I rented an Airbnb <laughs> okay. for a week or so at Christmas. So it was a beautiful home with this huge Kiva fireplace and just absolutely stunning views of Joshua Tree, Joshua Trees and the mountains. Um, unfortunately, so there's a list of things that ended up being wrong with this house. So one of the two dishwashers, I know they had two dishwashers. One of the two dishwashers was broken and would like randomly beep until you opened it and closed it again. So like you'd be just, you know, sitting there in front of the fireplace, enjoying your Christmas time. And then there would be like beep, 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 beep. And it would go on forever until you got up and shut the refrigerator door or the dishwasher door. Um, the hot tub didn't heat up enough. It only heated up to like 95 or 98 degrees, which is, I mean, you can sit in it. Sure. Um, it was like 40 degrees outside. So it was kind of cold. Um, but I, one of the reasons that I chose this house was for the hot tub. There's a hot tub and a pool, and I didn't need the pool, but um, I wanted a hot tub, so I picked this house. It was not cheap, let me tell you. This house was not cheap. Um, and the roof leaked when it rained. So I mentioned oh. that it rained. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that it rained a couple of days, and the roof leaked right in front of one of the couches and also in the bathroom. Um, and when I contacted the owners about it, they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, we'll come. We'll come over and sweep the excess rain off of the roof. And I'm like, okay. Um, and they didn't actually do that because it stopped raining soon thereafter, and everything was fine. But um, since, the, like I said, since the main reason I chose this house was for the hot tub, I was disappointed um, that I wasn't really able to use it. And um, we we did enjoy our stay anyway. And the owner did try her best to resolve the hot tub issue. Like she came over a couple times, um, and she gave us like a tiny, the tiniest possible refund. Like when I say tiny, I mean tiny. Um, so that's something, I guess. Uh, she she did not apologize. She just was sort of like, oh, it would be nice if you could use the hot tub. Like, yes, it would be nice if I could use the hot tub. Oh, that's the um, best, worst apology I've ever heard. It would be nice <laughs> to use the hot tub. It would be nice if you were getting what you paid for. So I would like an actual apology, which by which I mean I would like an acknowledgement of responsibility and a declaration of repentance. And I give her attempts at apologizing like a three out of ten. So uh, that's my that's yeah. my who's sorry now. She should be sorry now. I expect an apology from her as well. So that she's also an apology is expected. But I don't think I'm going to get one. And I would like to go back to that house. In the, in <laughs> Why? The, well, because it's because it was beautiful. Because it was so wonderful. Fixed, <laughs> it was beautiful. It really was nice. And it would be nice to go back when it's warmer so I could use the pool. Uh -huh. And I could also, they have all this grilling equipment outside and like a fire pit and all kinds of really fun stuff. So I'd like to be able to use that stuff when it's not raining or freezing cold. Um, and if they fix the things that are wrong with it, then I would be happy to, to rent it again. So hopefully I'll be able to do that in maybe April. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that does suck that the hot tub wasn't quite as... Hot, hot as you wanted it yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. The leak is really the big issue. The hot tub I sort of get, like, maybe they... It's one of two things. They're saving on energy costs, yeah. right? Yeah. And also, they don't want anybody boiling themselves to death. Well, they were going to charge us for use of the propane. So if we had used the hot tub, we would have gotten a certain amount. Right. So it's not like it was free anyway. I oh, mean, no, no, no. I'm sorry. When you... When I rent yeah. an airbnb everything's yeah. included you think so i know so um, okay that that's the law i mean sure they could do whatever okay. they want it's their house but you know no oh no 
Yeah. But I don't like so, hot tubs, so I wouldn't care. I love hot tubs. So maybe I'll find another hot tub house um, <laughs> <laughs> to rent next no, time. No, that's the only one in the desert, Juliet. <laughs> I don't want to go to Palm Springs, though, because Palm Springs is too hoity-toity for me. Oh, my, yes. And too riddled with COVID now. I've it's been everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Um yeah, so we're gonna have it. We we have had a short episode this week because Theo has COVID. I got to get the hell so out of Dodge. I got to clear this house, go get tested, and leave. So we're gonna end here. Um, but thank you, everybody, and happy Happy New Year to all oh, of you. Yes, Happy New Year. Uh, it has started off with a bang. We can say <laughs> yippee skippy hooray. Um, I have high hopes for 2022. I knew I was gonna get. I shouldn't do this because it's bad, but I knew I was going to get COVID at some point because yeah. that's I've had a cold in my life. I've had the flu yeah. in my life, right? I've had herpes, gonorrhea, syphilis. What's that other one that starts with <laughs> now? <laughs> oh, my God. What's that one that's really hard to catch? <laughs> had that one twice. Um, so, uh. yeah, anyway, mm, at least we can say that Betty White, that 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 gracious angel of a human yeah. being yeah. had the decency to pass away in 2021, as opposed to doing it on New Year's Day in 2022, because everybody That's just true. would have been like, "Oh God, this could be the shittiest oh, year of all time." Of the year. Right. Yeah. But so yeah, we love Betty White. So yes. Yeah, so right, thank everyone. you, Betty. Um, Happy New Year. We'll see you next week, assuming Theo is still alive. Don't get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't get COVID. (laughs) I'm sending it to you now. I'm going to send you so many postcards where I lick the stamp. Oh, gross. 40 of them. (laughs) I'm going to tell the mail person not to deliver. So, all right. I'll talk to you later. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted and on Instagram at Apologies.accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted and fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>